Hey, thank you so much for coming back to my goddamn quest for happiness. I am really grateful that you're here. Huh? Huh? I mean, what could this episode possibly be about? I don't know. Let's find out. Hi, and welcome to my goddamn quest for happiness. I am Anne Klein, actor, comedian, and life coach. Okay, sure. This podcast is all about happiness. What makes us happy? What makes some people happier than others? And why can't I get it? I've been reading a lot of books. I've been talking to many, many people, watching lots of YouTube videos, rabbit hole, and I have discovered a few things, and I would love to share just that with you. Right, let's do this. Thanks so much for coming back and listening to the next episode. I'm really grateful for it. I know I've said it before. I'll say it again. Grateful, grateful, grateful. What is this episode about? I've heard from many people that they've really enjoyed the first episode. <laughs> Self-praise is the best kind of praise. Um, but I've been um, super happy to hear that it's actually made an impact to some people, uh, which is the dream. So yeah, let's hope uh, we can keep that trend going. Last episode, I've spoken about the advantages of happiness. So why is it actually even good for us? What does it do for us? Uh, which was a surprising amount of stuff. I mean, you'd think we'd be more happy if uh, if we knew all the good stuff it does for us. And also a misconception about having to be successful first to achieve our happiness. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would suggest you go listen to that first because it is a bit of a primer, I think. A little bit of a of a little taster session. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's it tells us why it's even relevant to listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's very relevant. But yeah, so if having to be successful first is not the way to find happiness, then what is? Oh my god. I found it really hard to just pick a thing to start with. I just want to talk about everything at once and I can't do that, um, even though sometimes I kind of do in some ways. But this episode is all about gratitude. Oh my god, what is this wanky thing called gratitude? It's not actually wanky at all, you will find. So let's see, I will start with where I started. Okay. I am, I'm, you know, naturally a bit of a cynic, I would say. I'm quite pessimistic. I don't know if saying I, it's natural that that's necessarily fair. I don't know that I was born that way. But I've definitely grown up to be a major cynic and pessimist. I thought that was how the world functioned. And um, super anxious and I always watch out for the negatives. What if anything jumps out at me and I and I didn't notice it come? And so I'm, I'm always trying to be there before it gets me. Uh, I just want to see everything, be prepared for any uncertain future. Um, I found that it was much easier to relate to other people when it was negative, which, I mean, that might be on me, uh, but it was just easier to find something to talk about with other people. For some reason, it really does connect you to other people to complain, weirdly. And I was really fearful. Oh, I still am. I still am. I have this weird fear that if I'm being positive and happy and everything is fine, that I'm being somehow delusional. And I don't want other people <laughs> to point out to me that things are actually much more negative than I see them, that I've been delusional and I've just been blind to what is actually happening in front of me. What if I think I'm doing well and everyone else is like, Anne, you're failing miserably. And I'd much rather the 
just expect to be failing and someone else who go, no, I think you're doing okay, then uh, going, oh my god, I'm doing so well, and everybody else going, Anne, you're shit. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's, that's my kind of self-protection, <laughs> which has served me so well. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, and, you know, I would kind of define my identity and define my days by what I didn't like and what had gone wrong. If I tell someone about my day, it's usually, oh, and then this happened and that happened. I sound so fun, don't I? Oh my god. <laughs> it must be so much fun to be around me. Um, But this is past me. I've shed all of that. I've left all of it behind. It's not true. Um, But I'm trying to leave it behind more and more, uh, as much as I can. And I think I'm not alone with this. I think this is a tendency we have in society, as I've pointed out in the last episode. Uh, we kind of think it's intelligent and it's clever to be a cynic and to be negative and to see everything that's wrong. And actually, it's not. Actually, our minds are primed to seeing the negative because that's how we protected ourselves. If there was like a saber-toothed tiger jumping out at us, we were, you know, we were kind of primed to notice all the little hints that were put out there in nature that something dangerous was about to come. So that's our default. It's not that hard, okay? So you thinking you're a clever boy... <laughs> I don't know why it has to be a boy, but whatever. Um, being all negative. It ain't so clever, actually. We need a lot more of our brain power to be positive. So who's clever now? I mean, I just said how negative I am, so it's still not me. But you get the point, I think. <laughs> all right. So let's see. Let's see about this thing called negativity and gratitude. How do they link together? There's something called the Tetris effect, okay? Bear with me. I hate Tetris. I find it boring as hell and it stresses me out for some weird reason. <laughs> I get, like, panic attacks playing it. But anyway, that's not the point. This thing is called the Tetris effect because of a study that was conducted at the Harvard Medical School where students were asked to play Tetris for several hours, three days in a row. Okay, this is all they had to do, the participants. Sounds fun to some, sounds like a nightmare to me, but anyway, could be worse, I guess. So these, <laughs> so these participants were playing Tetris for a few hours, three days in a row, and what happened afterwards was actually quite funny, because they would start dreaming of shapes of Tetris shapes falling from the sky. And also during the day, they would start seeing it everywhere and they would be like, I wonder how that building fits into this row of buildings, you know, if there's like a gap. Oh, if I turn this around at this angle, then it would fit into this gap like that and then all the houses would disappear. They saw that everywhere or this box of cornflakes fits perfectly into this gap down here. And it's just very... <laughs> Very silly, but I think we've all had that. I've had games that I've played uh, for such a long time and then every time I close my eyes, I just see it in front of me or I would dream of it at night. And um, this is called the Tetris effect. No matter what game you're playing or what show you're watching, if you, know, if you keep seeing it everywhere, that's part of the Tetris effect. Because actually, focusing on something for such a long time, it changes the wiring in your brain. <laughs> it changes your goddamn. It creates new neural pathways and it changes the way you see real life. That's crazy. Our brain gets really easily stuck in patterns of seeing the world. And so if we expose ourselves to something for a prolonged period of time, that's how we start seeing the world. So uh, that's quite uh, substantial, I would say. And we can see this in some people. And I was definitely one of them. I don't know how much I still am. I really hope I'm not that person anymore. But I think we all have tendencies for this. But we all know a person 
person who will walk into the room and immediately see the one negative. It's like the boss who's always pointing out what's wrong or it's like the the partner that comes in and is just like, oh, you didn't do this thing. And did you see everything else I did? This is not, not from my real life because I don't have a partner. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> But basically, I think we all know this one person that will walk into a room and immediately pick up on the one thing that is wrong. And these people are not actually doing this on purpose. They're not trying to be difficult. This is actually even rewarded in society because many jobs are done in a way to, you know, focus on finding the problem and solving it. This is how, how we live our lives for a big chunk of our time. Uh, lawyers, for example, their whole point is to notice what's wrong in their opponents. <laughs> I don't know what you call that. But anyway, the other person in court, <laughs> I should watch Suits, they're trying to figure out what's wrong with what they said so they can point out the flaws and so they can win the debate. <laughs> Mixing up all the um, words. <laughs> Whatever. Oh my gosh. Oh, words are hard. Anyway, I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Um, it is rewarded to think in that way, but if we if we train ourselves to always look for the negatives, then that's what's going to happen. And as we saw with the Tetris effect, it just creates a different way for us of even viewing the world. So it's not a choice anymore. We don't go out and we go, I want to find, you know, what's wrong in this situation so I can fix it. It actually looks to us as if everything is negative. What? Cray cray. I'm so sorry I just said great great please ignore uh, but in a previous episode in a previous episode as, as, as if I'd done many in the previous episode we saw what we actually miss out on by being so negative all the time because it undercuts our creativity it raises our stress levels it lowers our motivation and our ability to accomplish goals it's got a major impact on our lives if we constantly focus on the negatives we miss out on so much good stuff and I mean, it's okay to, to look for negatives in certain contexts. As I said before, there might be some jobs where it's necessary, but it's so important for us to be able to compartmentalize this so that it becomes a skill that we can use when we need it and it doesn't affect our entire life. Because we, we filter out important information. Let's go a bit into the science of how our brains work. Basically, there is so much information out there all the time and our brains can't possibly notice it all. It's just too much. And so so we filter it out and we filter out the stuff that our brain thinks is not important, just like um, a spam filter in our emails filters out all the emails that it thinks we don't need to see because they're terrible. Hey, have you seen the new Viagra? Um, anyway, for some reason that never goes into my spam. I wonder what my email account thinks of me. Anyway, point being, our brain works like that as well. It filters out all the things we think are not important and we can program our brain to think of certain things as important and other things as not important. So if we constantly focus on the negatives, we have told our brain the negatives are what's important and we filter out everything else. <laughs> what? Quay, quay. Oh no, I said it again. Oh, I never learn. Anyway, some studies have even shown that two people can look at the same situation and actually see different things depending on what they're expecting to see. So if you're expecting the negative, that's what you're going to see. Let's do this little exercise to demonstrate the point. <laughs> We love exercises. We're so glad that even though we've left school, we still get to do exercises. Thank you, Anne. Well, you're welcome. Okay, close your eyes. Go on now, close your eyes. No one's looking. Just close your eyes and imagine the color red. See it in front of your mind's eye. 
Okay, now open your eyes and you notice red everywhere in your room. <laughs> Probably not. Anyway, I did the exercise and I was like, it's not going to work because there's nothing red in the room. And I opened my eyes and there were like a million red things jumping out at me. And that's how our brain works because now we are focusing on this thing and suddenly we see it everywhere. It's like if you want to buy a new car and suddenly everyone's right driving around in that car, it's because now you're focusing on it. It, it was already there before, but you just weren't focusing on it. Okay, I've, I think I've driven home this point. I think you've got it. <laughs> So, um, gratitude can actually go against this. So this is a way of using the Tetris effect to our favour. Why is gratitude actually a good thing, I wonder? Why is it? I'm, I really sometimes sound like a teacher. I, I think I would be a terrible teacher because I'd just be like reading off a page and <laughs> da -da -da -da, I'm derailing this episode. Okay, here, here is what some studies have shown. Constantly grateful people are more energetic, more emotionally intelligent, forgiving, and less likely to be depressed, anxious, or lonely. Uh, that's pretty good for me because I feel all of those things. Grateful people also feel more socially connected, they have better quality sleep, and they have fewer headaches. Amazing. And here's the thing, they aren't just grateful because they are happier. Gratitude is actually the thing that is causing more positive outcomes, so gives them more reason to be happy. You would think that you'd have to have something to be grateful for first and then be grateful, but actually it works the other way around. If you start being grateful, the things come, they multiply. Gratitude has actually been the habit change with the highest success rate in terms of the impact on your baseline of happiness. What does this mean, Anne? Uh, baseline of happiness is basically the default, let's say. Your levels of happiness keep fluctuating, you're sometimes happier, sometimes sadder, but there's like a default that you tend to revert to in your like neutral state or whatever, like um, that's how you determine, for example, if you're, if you're more of a pessimist or more of an optimist, you know, you, you know what your tendency is, what you revert back to. And um, gratitude has an impact on that baseline, which is an incredible finding because for many years we thought, or we still do think sometimes that our genes determine whether we're an optimist or a pessimist. That's just how we're born and there's nothing we can do about it. Well, there is something you can do about it and it's called gratitude. Aren't we lucky that this episode is about just that? Okay. There's an exercise that you can do to increase your gratitude. And people that have done this exercise for 21 days, if they tested as low-level pessimists before doing the exercise, after 21 days they tested as low-level optimists on average. And this trend continued to rise if they continued the pattern of gratitude. Whoa, this is amazing. Optimism in itself is obviously a different thing from happiness in some ways, and I'll do an entire episode just on optimism. Aren't we lucky? I can't wait. I'm such a nerd. I'm a nerd for happiness. Oh gosh, okay. Anyone still wondering why I'm single? No, never were. Okay. So what is this exercise, Anne? You've been talking about share the secret with us. How can we be happier? Here it is. <laughs> for 21 days, and this 21 days is not an arbitrary number, it's a habit-forming number. Obviously, it's slightly arbitrary because some people say, you need 60 days, some places say 90 days to form a habit, whatever. I think I need my life to form a habit. Unless it's unhealthy, I can do it immediately. Anyway, 21 days to form a habit. You scan your day for three new things that you are grateful for. I don't know, you can do this at night before going to sleep. You can do this first thing in the morning. You can do this while brushing your teeth, you know, just at a given moment in your day. Scan your day or yesterday's day if you do it in the morning. Obvs. 
uh, for three new things that you are grateful for. And not just what it is, but why it is. So you look for the meaning behind the thing that you're grateful for. And this has a lot of reasons and a lot of benefits. <laughs> Why does it have to be three new things? This is quite hard, Anne. I can't find three new things every day. Well, that's the point. So first day, it's easy. I'll write down, I'm grateful for, uh, I don't know, the place I live in. I'm grateful for my partner. If you have one, <laughs> this is turning into something very different. I'm not actually this sad about it. It's just it's become a running joke that makes me sound very, very sad. So first day, you say, I'm grateful for where I live. I'm grateful for uh, my partner and I'm grateful for my job, right? And now the next day you start looking for three new things because if you keep writing down the same things, they start losing meaning, right? So every time you need to look for new things and now you run out of things, <gasps> what now? And your brain starts automatically during the day looking for a new thing that you could write down at night or in next morning or whatever. So your brain is now focusing on what could be considered positive which is optimism. Oh my God, it's magic. So this is the key. Forcing yourself to have to come up with three new things is making you look for those things everywhere. And suddenly during the day, you're watching out for it more and you're, you know, you become happier during the day. Also, you need to write down why you're happy for it. What's the meaning behind it? It gives it gives the whole thing a bit more depth. It makes you think about it more. And because our brains are so good at creating patterns, you start creating a pattern of meaning in your life. Because if you look back at your life after those 21 days, 21 days of life, uh, you start seeing meaning running through all of those days. And if you thought you'd had a bad day, if you can still find three meaningful things in that day, suddenly, you know, it reshapes, it reframes the way you think about that day. I've had this many times that I would go to bed and I'd feel like, oh, today was awful. And then I'd go through my list, what are the three things? And I'd realize there were actually, it was actually quite a nice day, but I'd forgotten about so much of it. The negative emotions had taken over. Uh, so it creates a new narrative which is quite fun. And another added bonus is that when you write down the things, okay, let's take a step back. You don't have to write them down. I do think it helps. It, it's better if you do. But if this is something that's putting you off from doing it, you don't have to write it down. You can just take two minutes while you brush your teeth. It takes the same amount of time. Just think about the three things. Because if you go through that event again, that positive thing that you're happy for, your brain relives the moment and your brain can't really differentiate between uh, visualization and reality. So it's like you're experiencing it again. So rather than just having had this positive thing once, you've now had it twice. Amazing. And a study has shown that participants who wrote down three positive things for a week, for just a week, they were happier at the one month, three month and six month follow-ups. So even after stopping the exercise, they remained significantly happier and they had higher levels of optimism. It's a very easy exercise. So let's just look at this again. I can write down, oh, I'm grateful for my nephew having given me a hug. And if I leave it at that, that's lovely. But if I now also put the meaning under underneath it, uh, because it made me feel loved and it made me feel like my nephew feels loved, you know, things like that, just finding some kind of deeper meaning underneath, it really strengthens the feeling and it strengthens the sense of having meaning and purpose in your life. Uh, it's not really that hard. It doesn't take that much time, but it has a huge effect. I've done this. I started this a while ago. And to me, it was insane the, the effect it had on me because it really turned my days around. I, I, I felt so much happier. 
I started sleeping a lot better. My friends even noticed an immediate change in me. Uh, some people even asked me if I'd just become taller. <laughs> It just, it's its palpable, it's noticeable, the change it, it, it creates, it brings about in you. And, you know, you start enjoying life more. I, I really started noticing things all the time. It became a bit ridiculous at some point where I was like, oh my God, I really, I, I'm so grateful for this apple and the colors are beautiful and the nutrition it gives me, just while I was doing it. Um, because the thing is, it, it didn't just give me a positive mindset, but it automatically makes me more mindful. Because if now I am, during my day, I'm thinking, oh, this moment is actually really great. And I should be grateful for this. Like I should write this down tonight. Suddenly I'm back in the moment and I'm not in my head and I'm thinking about how lovely this moment is. So I get to experience it more there and then. I'm more mindful. I'm happier then while I'm experiencing it because this is part of the thing. We could be happy and not even know it because we are so caught up in our thoughts that if we're feeling happiness, we're not even there to notice it's happening. It sounds a bit meta, it's a bit weird, but this is, I'm sure you've experienced this before. If at the end of the day you go, oh, that was a really nice moment, but in the moment you weren't really aware of it. Was it even there? If a tree falls in a forest, I don't even, don't even. But anyway, I think you get the point. And gratitude is necessary for us to notice the good things. If the good things are there and we're not grateful for them, they're wasted on us. And if you have good things happening in your life, don't let them be wasted on you. Notice them, enjoy them, appreciate them. Um, We saw a bit of why this is during the last episode, because if we keep redefining what success means for us, for example, we could potentially have achieved everything we've ever dreamed of. And because we're already thinking of the next thing, we're not noticing that we have achieved it all. I've, I've actually had someone tell this to me after last episode. They said, I was lying there waiting for my son to fall asleep and I suddenly realized I am thinking so much of the next thing. I've redefined success for myself so much that I hadn't noticed that I've literally ticked off everything on my checklist from when I was a little younger and all the things I've wanted to achieve. And sitting back and just thinking about that and writing down what you're grateful for, it just it just puts you back in the now and makes you see all the things you've achieved. And yes, positivity can be overdone and that is not the goal. So the thing is not to say, I'm just going to stop looking at everything that's bad. You still notice the things that are bad. You still need to see the things that need fixing. You need to stand up for the injustices in the world because this is something I was a bit afraid of that if I stopped seeing the negatives, I would just stop trying to change things. And that is not what optimism is. So it's good to still use this as a skill to see what's wrong. But optimism gives us the trust and the faith that change is possible. So rather than going, oh, I don't have to change because everything is fine. It goes, oh, I notice what's wrong, but I now know that change is possible and I now have the energy and the creativity and the space in my mind to actually make those changes. And because I've seen that my actions have an impact, I now trust that, that I can do that again in the future. So I'm not saying, I'm not advocating living with rose-colored glasses. <laughs> I'm not advocating ignoring all the negatives. I'm just saying, make sure you don't focus solely on that because it's a trap. It's a trap. Because actually, to bring it back to the point I made earlier about things I was worried about, optimism is not actually delusion. Optimism is not thinking everything is fine. Optimism is seeing what's bad and also seeing how we can change it. 
And why would you focus on all the things that are wrong when you could focus on opportunities and capitalize on them? Because you miss out on that. If you're just looking for the negative, someone could wave at you with an opportunity and you'd just be like, no, I I can't focus on that. I have to look at everything that's wrong. And actually now you've wasted your life. Well done. You have wasted your life. Um, Right. And gratitude, the more you, the nice thing with gratitude is the more you involve others, the more the benefits multiply. This is part of social connection and that will be talked about a bit more in a future episode. As I said in the last episode, you know, social connection is like the number one factor for happiness and for success in life. So I will I will look at that in a future episode, uh, but it ties in with gratitude as well. So if you can involve others, if you can maybe do this around the dinner table, you know, and, and um, have everybody say their three things out loud, you get to share what was nice for you with the people at the table and you also get to hear what was nice for them. It strengthens your social connection. You feel closer to people. And by being optimistic and grateful, you also give someone else the license to be optimistic and grateful. You know, if you're if you're surrounded by people that are constantly negative, you almost feel like you're not allowed to think positive things. And that is partly what I mentioned earlier, how I felt like uh, I could connect to other people better if if I was being negative. So let's let's break the cycle. Let's make this world a better place. I was trying so hard not to be wanky and now I've done it. I've just gone and done it. So (laughs) that is that for today. That is gratitude in a nutshell. Obviously, there's so many more things I would like to say about it, but some of it will, you know, come up again in future episodes that are focusing on other things like, for example, optimism or social connection and all that stuff and mindset and whatnot. But this is a bit of an overview. This is the idea of what gratitude does for us, how gratitude actually brings us into the moment, makes us actually notice the good things that are happening to us and become happier people sleep better, which is so important to me. I love sleeping and I do it so poorly Uh, and uh, gives us fewer headaches and makes us feel more connected to other people. It's just, it's got so much good stuff in it. It's really easy to do. And that's uh, bringing us to the tip for this episode, which technically uh, the exercise of gratitude is the thing in itself. So if you want to go off and start doing the exercise, please go do it. Maybe we can make this a social media thing if you want to. Um, Maybe do a post a week uh, with the three things that you were grateful for that week and put down the hashtag goddamn happiness and uh, we shall see what people have been grateful for during the week. I shall do one too. Oh my god, no. I hate commitment. Okay, I will try it. I will try it. Let's just try and post a thing with three things that we've been grateful for during this week with the hashtag goddamn happiness. If you want to do a different thing, uh, it is just a variation on this exercise anyway, but you could, for example, do a happy jar. I'm sure you've seen this in a wanky way on Pinterest many times. Uh, I've hated it. I was like, this is shit. But actually, there's a good idea behind it because if every day you write down the three things on three different slips of paper and you put them in a jar, you actually have a visual reminder of how many good things you have in your life. So every time you walk past it, you see how it slowly fills up. And after six, oh, after 21 days, you already have 63 things in that jar, which I'm sure looks really cool. So now you have the good thing that happened to you. You have the moment of reliving it when you write it down. 
you have the constant reminder every time you walk past it. And if at the end of the year or at the end of the month or whenever the jar is full, you want to empty it and you want to reread all the things that you've written down, you now have a fourth advantage. You get to relive it again. I think that sounds pretty nice. Tell me what you think of that, please. I might I might give it a go myself. <laughs> I might start taking my own advice. I've been doing the exercise anyway for a while. I might start trying the happy jar. Please tell me if you're doing it. Please tell me how it goes for you, if you've had any benefits. Also, let me know if you've had any of the same concerns about uh, gratitude and positivity that, that I've had. I would love to hear your story. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in touch, just go on Facebook, my goddamn quest for happiness, Instagram at goddamnhappinesspod. Please send me messages. Please tag me in your stuff. Uh, please post lots of pictures. Hashtag goddamn happiness. And also go on eldo.lu for more information for all the episodes and so on. Really, thanks again so much for listening. I am super grateful. I hope you've enjoyed this. Let me know your thoughts. Please come back again. <laughs> come back again. Um, and take good care.